and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 28, Crochet Clan. <laughs> um, you can tell I've been in Scotland. <laughs> um, I hope you're all doing really well. Um, it is just the beginning of April now when I record and the podcast is due to go out in three days time so I've left a little bit late. It's been quite gloomy and I like to podcast when the weather is looking good and you can't see it but just out to the right of my office I have got a really beautiful cherry tree and it's got the most gorgeous mid pink and um, as I sit in my office every day it sways around giving me beautiful cherry blossom to look at and in the last week I've seen my first couple of bees out buzzing about at the blossom on the tree which just it makes me very happy to see bees out in our garden. We're very wildlife friendly in our gardening techniques. Um, I garden organically wherever possible so um, seeing bees just is always a lovely sight for me. I love them. <sighs> How are you all doing? It's been quite a month. I'm knackered. <laughs> I feel like I've been just at it really since Christmas time and um, it's not going to let up until after Wonder Wheels. Um, but I'm getting through loads of stuff and I'm really happy so I don't care. I just keep on keep bringing it on and I will keep on doing the work. Um, today I'm going to cover all the normal stuff and you'll see that I've renamed a couple of other <laughs> bits and pieces so whips it's just a bit boring really so I've now called whips are en route because they are on their way to becoming something and finished objects are now called final destination because I thought I could probably do a little bit more to tell you not just what I'm making but what actually happens to them at the end of it so it's not just about getting a project finished but it's um what happens to them as well and then maybe further down the line how they're feeding and uh, what the recipient actually has done with them if I ever give stuff away which is frankly not very often because I quite like to do stuff for myself. Um, right, shall we get into it? Let me tell you this episode is sponsored, not by me, it's sponsored by um, Clarisbeth Crochet Cakes and Caroline Inspired Professor. They don't know they've sponsored this episode, but they have uh, given me some Puerto Rican coffee, which is full-on kick-ass coffee if you've never had it before. It uh, if you if you feel like you're going down a little bit, get some Puerto Rican coffee into you. Um, they give me some at Edinburgh, and I've already boshed one of the packets, and I'm now on to packet number two. So this podcast is brought to you through the fuel that is Puerto Rican coffee. <laughs> Thank you, Clarissaveth and Caroline. Let's get going with quick news beats. The global hookups are going really, really well. Um, there are more and more people coming in every month, which is great. Um, but that brings its own kind of questions for me on how I run the session itself. So... Um, yeah, I'm trying to give it a little bit of structure without it being overbearing, but it still needs me in the middle of it, keeping it all going. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. And people seem to really enjoy the aspect of having people from all over the world crafting together. And it's it's just lovely. I really, really enjoy it. Um, the next one is due to be on the 28th of April. The problem that I've got with that is that I am vending at Wonderwool Wales that weekend. 
I have my accommodation sorted. I just don't know how good the Wi-Fi is going to be. And I need really good Wi-Fi for the global hookup to work. Certainly for me to be in the middle of it all kind of being the glue of the session. So um, what I'm going to do is make backup plans. And if I can't be in there being the facilitator, then I will have a backup facilitator ready to go. So unless you hear otherwise on the Ravelry thread or on Instagram, the global hookup will go live on Saturday the 28th of April. And I think I've put it in for eight o'clock. And that's more selfishly because by the time I've got back from the show, had dinner, a glass of wine, um, eight o'clock is probably the earliest that I can do the global hookup. <laughs> you will get, if I can do it, you will see real life how shattering it is to do uh, a show and you'll get first hand feedback on what the show's been like and, and how much fun we've had. Um, the different designer cal has been fantastic. It's due to finish on the 9th of April, so just a couple of days after this podcast goes live. Um, and if you are interested in finding out all of the different designers that people have been using, just go to the Ravelry thread and seek them out from there or go to Instagram and type in the hashtag different designer cal and remember that you can follow that hashtag so that um, then you'll see any new ones that come through. I will also create a bundle on Ravelry that will give you all of the details that you need so you can see all of the different designers and what I'll probably do is just pick one of their designs and then you'll be able to find them and look for more of their things. But there have been some really lovely different designers and across a wide range, so garments, shawls, mittens, um, amigurumi, there's all sorts in there. So do go and have a look in, and see what there is. Edinburgh Yarn Festival. <laughs> if you want to know what went on in Edinburgh, then just go and take a look at that vlog or download the audio part of it on Podbean. It's all there for you to consume. Loads of pictures, loads of pictures from lots of other people, so not just my perspective, which is wonderful. And you can see everything that happened. What I would like to say is a massive thank you to everybody that actually made it a really good Edinburgh Yarn Festival for me. You know, third time lucky. I really enjoyed myself this time round. And for me, that was all because of the kind of Crochet Clan community. It was staying with people that are friends. It was staying with people that are like-minded. It was meeting up with so many other people at the festival on the um, the night out that I'd organised at Spoon, at the Cayley. It was just, it was fabulous. And I know lots of you are thinking, oh, can we do it again next year? <laughs> and I'm not going back next year. I might do, but just go up for the one day if they sell the Thursday tickets again. But I will go up and back down in one day. And what we're actually gearing up for because I have so much time on my hands, is maybe doing Dublin. So there's a new exhibition, a new yarn show in Dublin called Woolen. This is its first year and it's due to happen next month in May. Um, I'm not going to it this year, but I know people like Lisa, I think you're going and we'll be able to report back. And if it's suitable and it's going to be run next year, then I will try and do the same crochet tourism next year in Dublin. I'll open up a thread after the um, the first one has been and I've got some feedback from people on how good it was but if it's good 
that thread will open, register your interest, and then I have an idea of roughly what size um, accommodation I need to try and find. That was that was what in part really made Edinburgh for me was everybody being in under one roof and having fun together and sitting, crocheting together and, and sharing the wool that they'd bought and sharing their experiences. So Dublin 2019, let me know if you want in on the act or not. I could start up a whole new sideline with them. Crochet, not retreat, retreat. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I think Matthew will kill me if I take anything else on. Right. Spotify. Are any of you on Spotify? Um, I suspect that quite a few of you are. We use it in our household and we also use um, the Sonos speaker system. So if you have Spotify, you can now download the podcast on Spotify, which means that you can put it out of your Sonos or I think Spotify also works through Alexa and the, glu- the Google. I can't say anything with the G today. And the Google um, thingy, speaker thingy. I'm sure that's not its official term, the Google speaker thingy. Um, but what it means is that you can get the podcast through Spotify and you can play it if you've got that type of a speaker system throughout your home, which may or may not be easier for some of you than using Podbean and using an app on your phone. So that now just gets updated automatically as iTunes does and Stitcher and all of the other formats that lead from the Podbean um, administration that I use for the audio side of the podcast. So it is there for your delight and delectation. Um, Yeah. And I don't see any reason to ever stop that. I think that uh, Alison, Vivian, Keep Calm and Carry Yarn also use that. What I would say is if you're looking for our podcasts on Spotify, go into the podcast area and you have to be really specific on Spotify about your search terms. It's not like Google where you can just put in random things and it will find it for you. You would have to put in the Crochet Circle podcast and then it will come up. But it's just another place that you can find our lovely crafting community and the podcast. Final one on Quick News Beats is last year I totted up all of the yarn that I had used and what meterage I had used. And this year I wanted to do it quarter by quarter. We've just finished um, quarter one of 2018. So I did a little top up this morning. I was a bit gobsmacked with what I so because I know I've been busy and I know I've been really crocheting knitting my fingers away and I only add something into the the total for that quarter or that year if it was a finished object in that year but so far in three months I have crocheted and knitted 4861 grams of yarn that's nearly five kilos of yarn that is ridiculous And that equates to 11,439 metres. I just, I can't quite believe that. Um, Now, last year, my total output, I think, was just over 10 kilos. So I'm almost, in the first three months, I've almost done half of what I did in the whole of last year. Um, Like I say, it's been a really busy few months and I've had some quite major deadlines to work to. But... Yeah, it's just really interesting to see how much work I'm actually getting through. 
and I've written myself here in the show notes, this isn't a competition. It's just interesting to see how much yarn I will get through in a year and also whether there will be seasonal changes. But I do need to remind myself this is not a competition with myself. I just need to do what I want to do. But um, yeah, I'm a little surprised that it's just under five kilos of yarn that I've already worked with. Um, does anybody else do this? I know Sandra, Cherry Heart, you also track how much yarn you're getting through. Um, does anybody else do it? It, it is really interesting. Um, I guess I'll probably have a drop off in the summer. Um, because I'll be doing different projects but yeah, I'd be interested to know if I'm like if there are just a few of us that are nutters or if there are more of us out there haven't quite gone to a spreadsheet I am just doing it in my notes that I keep for all of my projects right old dog new tricks I have one for you today um, somebody got in touch with me on YouTube when I put out the call and said to people who would you like me to interview what topics would you like me to cover somebody came back to me and said that they would really like information on how to read patterns and read charts and I looked into it a little bit and it is such a massive area it could potentially take up like six podcasts worth so instead of me covering it, what I did was went out and tried to find some of the best information that I could, that I could point you to. And a couple of weekends back, Craftsy had a free view weekend, which they do every now and then, where you can just go in and watch as many classes as you like over the course of a weekend. So when that was on, I was kind of rummaging through their website and I found that they had one which is called Reading and Understanding Crochet Patterns. And it's by a gentleman called Shannon Mullet Bowlesby. So I actually sat and watched um, I watched the entire tutorial. So when you do that, you don't get the supporting notes. Um, I think you get a lot of PDFs with patterns and a load of support, as well as just the video tutorial. And I just watched the video tutorial and it was really, really good. So yes, I could cover off lots of information in the podcast, but actually it's already been done and it's in a very palatable format so I would encourage you if this is an area that you want to improve in your crochet and you want to get better at reading patterns and understanding them and charts as well then I thoroughly recommend that you go and take a look at that Craftsy class. I know they quite often do discounts and free weekends so you don't have to pay full price for it you're probably better off buying the whole package so that you've got the PDF support there as well and something to refer back to rather than just the videos, although the videos are really good. The camera angles are great. The information that he's getting across is really helpful and they set it out into different um, information types. So charts would be one area. Reading the pattern to begin with is another. He goes into, I think, yarn types hook sizes, how to block, how to read your tension, all sorts of information. It's really, really good. Um, so yeah, I've added links to that in the show notes, but if it's something that you're interested in, honestly, just go straight to Craftsy and take Shannon's um, tutorial on reading and understanding crochet patterns. 
final destination. So it's been a bit of a shawly month really. I've, I have done three shawls this month and I'm a good portion of the way through another one. Um, the first one is my Treasure Island shawl which is a pattern by the lovely Hannah from the Cozy Cottage Crochet Podcast. It's on Ravelry and I've provided links in the show notes. It's a really lovely one skein project. It's very uh, rhythmical so you can just... Rhythmical? It's very rhythmic. So you can just crack on with it. It's very easy to memorise and... I used a skein that has a lot less meterage than the one that Hannah suggests that you use in her pattern. I think she suggests 400 metres and I used one that only has 310. And I managed it. I just stopped the increases earlier. And if you're interested in that and you wanted to use a smaller meterage skein for your Treasure Island shawl, if you go and have a look at my pattern notes and Ravelry, I've already uploaded all my information there including where I stopped when I did the the central motif and when I picked up the decreases again. It's a really nice pattern. And I used a Gotland four-ply, which came from the Little Grey Sheep. If you've never used Gotland before and you don't have an issue wearing something that's a little bit woollier, and I know lots of people do, but if you don't, and you want something that's very lightweight but warm, Gotland is an excellent breed choice for you. It dyes up really well. Um, the one that I have used is called Rhubarb Patch, and it has all of those pink and kind of stringent green tones to it that you would get in a rhubarb patch. But the, the wool itself is so light and airy, and yet so very, very warm. I had this on when I was in Edinburgh up at the castle, and let me tell you, it was freezing cold up there and my neck was lovely and warm with my Treasure Island shawl on. Really pretty. So thank you for that, Hannah. It was really nice, um, really nice pattern that you have made. My second one, I was knitting like the wind. When I was at Unravel, Juliet said that she wanted a... A knitted version of Doppio Coliseum for the John Arbin stall. Um, and I didn't quite overpromise, but I said I'll get it to you for Edinburgh Yarn Festival. And it just took quite a while to do it. Uh, I'm really pleased with the results. I can't show you it personally. I'll pop some photos into the show notes and I'll pop some up now. Um, I'm really pleased with the end result. It's slightly different from the crocheted version. It's longer and a little bit thinner, but you know that is often the way you can't exactly replicate knitting to crochet and crochet to knitting. You can get it quite close for lots of patterns, not not for everything though. Um, but yeah, I was really quite chuffed with the end result, and um, I think it went quite down quite well at the show. So when I arrived at, um, there on the Thursday morning, that was my beeline was to rush to John and Juliet and deliver the the knitted Doppio Coliseum for them and so they could have it on the stand. It's quite nice. It's a nice feeling um, going to a yarn festival and seeing your designs out on display. It, it feels a little surreal, but it's lovely to see it and see people reacting to them as well. There was a lovely lady who was looking at my basalt shawl and I was having some banter with her and she said, um, I kind of sidled over to her and said, oh, 
that is an amazing design. And she said, oh, I really like it. I was like, yeah, the designer, oh, she's lovely. <laughs> she looked at me and she went, is it you? And I was like, yep. <laughs> so it wasn't, it's, it probably sounds like I was being really big headed. I wasn't, I was being so sarcastic with it. And uh, I just, I had such a lovely bit of banter with this lady that was eyeing up the pattern. But it still felt a little bit weird. I still get a bit flustered if somebody talks to me about my pattern. I just, it feels a bit icky unless I'm taking the mick out of it like I was then. Much, much better to take the mickey out of it. So that was Doppio Coliseum Knitted. Uh, the next one that I have just finished off, which I'm also proud of, is Loft. And Loft uses three 100 gram skeins of John Arbin's Knit by Numbers range, which is 100% merino. He uses the four ply. And what you do is work within their colour range. So the whole point of Knit by Numbers is that they have multiple colours and there are six shades within each colour. So I've chosen the teal colour. And then what you do for Loft to make your colour choices really easy is you either start at the top or you start at the bottom and then you pick every other one in that range. So you would end up with three. So there are six. If you start at the bottom, you then miss one, pick one, miss one, pick one. And if you start at the top, you would then miss one, pick one, miss one, pick one. So you're always alternating between what you'd get if you started at the bottom or started at the top. And it just depends if you want that lighter shade in it or the darkest of the shades within that colour range. It works really nicely. I know that lots of people have troubles picking colours, which was one of the reasons I wanted to do this shawl in the Knit by Numbers. Because it's just such an easy system to go and kind of plug in. I like yellow. Do I want the brightest yellow or do I want the lightest yellow? Okay, I like blues. Do I want brightest or lightest? It's such an easy way of choosing colours. And also it's really affordable wool. The Knit by Numbers 4-ply is only £13 per 100 grams, which is very affordable compared to some, <laughs> some of the yarns I saw at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. I think the most expensive was £29.50 for 100 grams of an 80-20 merino nylon mix. It's a lot of money, a lot of money for hand-dyed yarn. Um, I'm not saying it wasn't worth it, but £29.50 is a lot of money. So, yeah, £13 for Knit by Numbers is an absolute steal, I think. Especially given that it's really nice to work with. It doesn't have a really high twist on it like some of the other yarns. It's, um, it's worsted spun. And it's just really beautiful. Somebody I was talking to, I think it was Chrissy, my little cupcake about it. And it's like, when you've got it running through your fingers, it's like working with a thread of cloud. <laughs> it's fluffy and light and beautiful and soft. And it's not like any other merino that I've ever worked with. It's delightful to to run through and it crochets really beautifully as well what I would say is 
if you're really tight on your tension, you're better off just trying to slacken it off a bit. It makes it much, much easier for the pull through because it doesn't have a really high twist on it. But if you just relax into it, it's really beautiful to work with. So that was Loft and I really love it. I'm, I'll show you in Designs in Progress, I've got another one on the hook. But I'm kind of desperate to do another one for myself because one will go to John and Juliet. One will go on my stand when I go and vend, but that doesn't leave me with one that I can wear. So I know I'm all up for cals this year, but let me know if you fancy a loft along. I know quite a lot of you've bought the pattern already. And if you fancy an informal loft along, hashtag loft along, um, let me know because I quite fancy trying it with some variegated hand dyed yarn as well just to see how that looks and how it works with that um different yarn type in it so yeah fancy a loft along let me know and if there's enough of you that say yes please i'll i'll sort something out right oh i should mention if you haven't bought loft but you are interested in it as ever you get a 50 percent discount because you are a listener stroke watcher of the podcast so if you're interested it's on Ravelry and at checkout you just use the code in capitals TCC and then 5050 and then the percentage symbol so TCC 50% and that will give you 50% off loft and that is valid until the 13th of April at midnight GMT right have I finished they were my three shawls and then I also this morning because what happens is I wake up and go ah it's podcasting I haven't finished enough stuff like you know like my output is nothing but one of the projects I really wanted to finish off was my project bag and I said it would be finished for this time round and all I had to do was add the word clarity onto the back of it. You made me remember that I was actually stitching in each of the squares and I'd taken advice from Chrissy. and actually what I thought was better was to just pull it out and put the lettering straight onto it. And the plan is that every year I will add on my next word of the year into the Scrabble tiles that um, have marked out the word clarity and I will just keep on building up this Scrabble board on the back of my project bag. And what I particularly like is at the end of Clarity the R-I-T-Y have got instead of the true value of those Scrabble tiles it says 2018. So I know that Clarity was my word of the year for 2018 and every subsequent word that I add <laughs> it either has to be four or more letters because it will then have 2019, 2020, 2021, whatever the year is. And I'll just keep on adding to it until I run out of space. But I'm really chuffed with this bag. And it's a proper jumper-sized bag as well, which is what I wanted. If you're interested in doing something similar, I just used um, a linen bag. I can't remember what the count of the linen was. Um, it was one that I had from the shop. And then I used five ply linen from Nimolio on it. I didn't split the plies down at all, I just went straight in with the five ply 
linen for all of my stitches mainly because I was being lazy <laughs> but also I wanted quite a heavy stitch on it so I'm really chuffed with that and because of the podcast it got finished off this morning <laughs> I was doing it last night and thought I, I will get this done and then I think this is my final final thing let's just double check yes is I was doing I was doing the granny along for Rosina's granny along. I think I forgot to add it to the Ravelry thread though. I don't, I don't know why, but I was doing a little kind of lap blanket stroke cat blanket and it was going to go either to me or to the cat and the cat has it. So the whole premise was to see if I could grow to love the granny stitch and what I was using was Alifos Lope which is quite a bulky yarn and I was using three different colours and just granny stitch up and back down for a number of uh, rows until I thought it was big enough for the cat and I did a bit of a pattern sequence just to break it up a little with the main colour and alternating the two contrast colours and I'm really pleased with it cat flaming loves it he has got his little yellow day blanket downstairs and then this is on the foot of our bed and he sleeps on it at night and he really loves it i did put it side by side with the yellow blanket to see if he had a preference for this over his yellow blanket and the little rotter preferred shop bought um, but this one he loves upstairs uh yeah he um, is nice and warm on it and it keeps him at the bottom of our bed. Now, when we got our cats, I said to Matthew, they're not coming and staying in our room. This is not acceptable. This is not what's happening. This is in advance of us getting them. And then um, the day that they arrived at our house, like these proper little bundles, one little black one and one little ginger one. Unfortunately, Gingerwig is no longer with us. That's Robinson's um, sister. But uh, they came into our house and they were just so cute. And I was like, they have to come and stay at the bottom of our bed. <laughs> Total reversal of what I said would happen. And from the first day that they were in our house to today, every single night, those cats and now Robinson on his own is at the bottom of our bed. So this is most definitely a cat blanket. Um. Do I love Granny Stitch? I don't love it. I still don't love it. I do like the the definition that you get of the stitch when it's in the lighter colours. It shows up better than it does in the very dark grey or the mid grey. So I do like that definition and I can see why people really relate to it. It's very repetitive. It's easy to go. It's quite mindful. It's an easy one when you don't want to be overthinking a process but quite often when I'm crocheting I do want to be overthinking a process I want my brain to be ticking over and um and whilst it's okay it's it's just not for me I think Rosina feels the same way about socks and I love socks and she she is not a sock fan and she loves granny and I'm not a granny fan. And I do think maybe if it wasn't called Granny Stitch and Granny Square, I might like it a little bit more. 
that might help me. Maybe we need to, well, maybe I need to call it something else. I don't know what else you would call it, but yeah, I tried. I'm not to say I will never use it again. I tried it. It's just not my favourite thing. But there were some amazing things in the finished object thread for Rosina's granny along. Check it out. If you really love a granny stitch, um, check out that on Instagram and on her Ravelry thread. Talking of cows quickly as well, there's another one that has just started. The details are already in the Ravelry thread for cows. But it is Elizabeth from Earl Grey Crochet. She's doing the blur along, which is using... Um, Diane's Adidas Designs Blur Shawl. There are loads of really cool colours come out and I, I want to do it and I I went and picked out some colours earlier but I'm just not sure about them. I'm not sure how much time I've got either. I really want to do it. Um, but when you see my other kind of en routes you'll understand why I haven't yet made the decision on getting on with it and cracking on with starting that shawl I might just do it but I think I'll get addicted to it and then I'll not want to do anything else including preparation for Wonder Woman Wales so maybe that's why I'm putting it off right is that everything yeah that's all the stuff that I made this month that was it just nothing much to see here wow as ever if you are listening then I will pop um I will pop some photos up in the show notes so you can see what it is that I've been making and uh, yeah, you, you can always find my stuff up on Ravelry. I'm pretty good at loading projects up there. Right, on routes. What do I have on route? I want to actually have one thing. And it's the second item that I started for the um, different designer cow. I don't think I'm going to get it finished in time um, just because I've got other time pressures that I have to, I really have to spend my time on. But it is my Stobra shawl. And I am using, let me find it, the hook does not want to come out the bag. I'm using a 3.5mm hook for this one. And I'm really loving this design. I'm using a skinny single merino that I naturally dyed using birch bark. And I'm not particularly far in, but um, this uses three skeins. So whilst it probably doesn't look like I'm very far in, I think I've probably used up about 40 grams so far. Um, the design is called the Stobra Shawl and it's by Sarah Hazel. It's really clever. I like this design a lot because when I first looked at it before I read the pattern, I thought that all of the non-lace rows were just done back and forth and then you added the edging onto it and it's not. It looks like that, but actually it's just really clever. Um, you, It's just back and forth and you've got standard roads and then a lacy part of the road but the way that Sarah has worked it with the open work it looks like it's edging and um, it's just growing rather nicely so you can see how it's going to work it's going to be quite a nice deep shawl and it's going to be a bit of a whopper it's going to be quite long as well if I end up using all three skeins it may be that I just put two into it because 
the beauty of the shawl is it has got a six pattern, a six rule pattern repeat, which means that as soon as you've got it to the size that you want it at, you can just leave it there. Or if you're about to run out of yarn, as long as you've got to the end of your six pattern repeat, you can just leave it there. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this crochet. And I think once I've washed and blocked it, it will really show off to its full potential. At the moment, the skinny merino feels a little rougher than I know it's going to be. And that is most likely just due to the fact that I didn't wash it out properly when I'd done the natural dyeing on it. Um, and I know that it's going to poof right out and really um, become a lot softer when I've properly washed and soaked it and then blocked it. I'm looking forward to being able to wear this. At the moment, it feels like it would be a good summer weight shawl. Um, nicely written pattern. And I could imagine this also being done in cotton and linen. So if you're looking for something, if you're in a warmer climate, then this might be just the shawl for you. It's available on Ravelry. Like I say, it's by Sarah Hazel. And I'll keep on plodding away with this. I don't think there's a chance I'm going to have it finished for the 9th of April, but I'm going to try. <laughs> and that it really is my only um, kind of en route at the moment. That's my only work in progress because I've just been going hell for leather for loads of other stuff. So design in progress is, I've only got, one on the go which is my loft but in saying it's one it's actually two the first one is my next version of loft which is again using the knit by numbers range but this time i'm using those gorgeous copper tones if you have watched edinburgh vlog then you saw these little beauties all in their skein and now they have been bald and I am near the end of the second version of the shawl. Now I checked yesterday and these aren't yet up on the website. I know that um, Julia is still playing catch up after Edinburgh Yarn Festival and um, I should imagine they'll be showing up shortly but it's it's um, a brand new colour in their knit by numbers range so it was available at Edinburgh. I'm fairly sure it's going to be available at Wonderwool as well. And it is proper, proper copper tones. And the lightest one actually is almost a little bit luminous because that copper tone gets blended with more and more cream. And when you just get a little peak of the brighter copper in it, it has almost a luminous, a luminosity about it. Um, I wish, I wish I could give you touch of vision or touch heating because this stuff is just so soft. I love working with it. Um, which you can tell because I started this shawl, I think four days ago. And um, yeah, I've managed to crack through this really, really quickly. Oh, I love it so much. I, this is probably the design that I've done that I am most proud of. To me, this is contemporary crochet. This is what I am striving for, making things that, that, not that you can't see the stitch, but you wouldn't, what am I trying to say? 
what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of snobbery about crochet and I want to be designing stuff that is simple and elegant and contemporary and by contemporary what I also mean is that it will stand the test of time and that's how I feel about this show. I just love it and uh, yeah so this is one of my other en routes. Matthew's out tonight and I've got this podcast to edit down and this is like a perfect project for editing the podcast because on the first flush through I will watch everything once with intent and on the second flush through I'm looking for any other bits that can be stripped out, adding in the slides. I generally watch the podcast kind of three to four times over before it goes out and gets published and if you think that the podcast is usually about an hour and 15 to an hour and a half long. That's quite a lot of time. And so I depend on projects like this being worked on whilst I'm editing the podcast. Because then I can edit and crochet at the same time. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love this design. Maybe I'll do my own little loft along. If nobody else wants to play, I'll just do it on my own. <laughs> So, that is that one. The second part of the design in progress is that I'm also working on a knitted version of Loft. Now, what I can show you, I'm just using up the little tiddly bits that I had left over from the crochet to teal version just to make sure that it works and I literally have got like the smallest little bit of a knitted shawl um, but I've now worked out all of the numbers exactly how it will work and it's pretty much spot on with the crocheted version so I'm hoping it will come out at much the same size and much the same shape and as soon as I've finished the crocheted version then I will be cracking on with the knitted version because ideally one of them needs to be on John and Juliet's stand at John Arvin Textiles for Wonderful Wheels, which is the 27th, 28th of April. So I need to pull my finger out for this little shawl and redo it in the other copper tones, or I've got some purples that I will use. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Kind of, I've got kind of two designs in progress. Same design, but the knitted version. I'm very excited about that as well. It's a very... It's a very nice chilled knit to do. So that was Designs in Progress. Feeding the habit. <laughs> As if going to Edinburgh Yarn Festival wasn't enough. Uh, I may have bought more yarn. Let me start with something um, that's a little bit special. It's all a little bit special, but this is... Um, something that I wasn't really expecting. A couple of weekends ago I went to, I'd mentioned it on the podcast and some of you came along, um, there was a kind of research crafting session on the potential for a high-end crochet publication that Mari was running and she'd pulled together little lovely goodie bags for people that had come along, spent their time uh, and effort getting there and the goodie bag was full of it's a lamb's wool linen mix all of these little nuggets with 10 
different colours that she had picked up. Now these come via a mill that I think is based in um, Belgium that she knows and it's all of my amazing autumn colours, browns and teals and bright blues and ochres and oh, it's just like you could not pull together a better colour palette that says, oh look that's for free, <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Basically if you think about all of the colours that Rowan do their um, tweed in, that's pretty much what I have in front of me. Tanya, if you're listening, you would love this colour palette. <laughs> it's really gorgeous. So she'd, she'd given everybody these little nuggets of lamb and lin, lamb, lamb's wool. I'm really struggling to get my words out today. I apologise. I thought it was just words beginning with G that I couldn't handle. Apparently L is mystifying me as well. So it's, yeah, all these little nuggets of lamb's wool and linen. <laughs> and um, I'll tell you in a minute what I plan to do with them all. But the other thing that she had bought for us all was a really beautiful crochet hook, which is made from bits of driftwood. And let me read the information for you. It says, this crochet hook has been hand whittled from driftwood. And it's, the one that I have is a 10 millimeter one, and the company is rippengale.com. That's R-I-P-P-E-N-G-A-L-E.com. Now, Obviously, everything was working out for me on that day because what I really wanted was a crochet hook that would be really quite long, which this one is. It's probably a good 25 centimetres in length. And the reason that I wanted the longest one, and when everybody else pulled out theirs, I was like, yes, I got the longest one, is because I actually want to hang crochet from it. So the hook itself is going to be part of the piece of piece of art sounds really up myself like I'm going to create a piece of art. I don't mean it like this, but I have a very definite idea for what I want to make and how I want this hook to be part of that piece of art essentially because it's going to be hung. Originally I was going to use some cotton that I'd bought at Abakan in really lovely pastel colours and I might still do that and use a different crochet hook um, but I think the colours that I was given are so beautiful and work so well with the driftwood that I'm going to crochet up the flowers in these colours instead. And then they will be hanging off of this lovely driftwood crochet hook. Um, yeah. So that's going to be part of the vintage along that I will be working on. So... You will see that coming in the next month or so. But, um, yeah, So that was totally unexpected stuff that has come my way. And I already know exactly what I'm going to do with it. I love that when you, when you get stuff and you immediately know what its purpose is going to be. I really like that. So I'll add photos... And I will pop a link for the crochet hook into the show notes. I'm fairly sure that this lady is based in London. Um, but like I say, I'll, I'll add the link to her website into the notes. 
So that was goodie bag number one. I was also very, very lucky and I was given a lot of stuff at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. If I was going to go through all of the stuff that I was given, it would take up a massive amount of the podcast. So if you want to see all of the beautiful things I was given by friends, listeners, watchers, just lovely people, then please go to the Edinburgh vlog and you can view it all there. What I am doing is showing you the stuff that I specifically bought when I was at Edinburgh within this part of the podcast. So if you've already seen it in the Edinburgh vlog and you don't want to see it again, I will um, timestamp it for you and tell you where to move on to. But let's show you. In case you haven't seen the Edinburgh vlog or you don't care about the Edinburgh vlog, um, because I did a little bit of shopping. It was very, in the main, it was very considered shopping. I had a list of things I wanted to buy and that was what I was going for. Some of the vendors I had already um, got in contact with in advance and other bits and pieces I bought when I was there. So let me tackle first of all the bits and pieces that I had bought in advance and then people brought to me at Edinburgh. First up is a linen project bag which I ordered in from Yael and Emmy from Emya Handmade. Uh, they use vintage linen predominantly, they line their bags, they're usually zipped and the one that I got is quite an kind of orangey mustardy orange colour with a light blue panel at the bottom and it's lined with nice polka dots inside. I am currently keeping my second version of Loft in here so it's easily a two to three skein project bag. I mean it's it's fitting three skeins in there very nicely and what I tend to find with project bags is even if I can fit three skeins in it the project is usually bulkier than the skeins or the cakeware and whilst if it, if I struggle to fit three cakes into it then it's unlikely to take my three cakes and the project itself but the one that I have from Emya is perfect three skeiner project or below it it would struggle to take four but it very nicely fits this loft project three skeiner so that was number one and the lovely ladies brought that to me um I love it I really love it I haven't stopped using it it held it held the first loft and then I transferred it and, and I've been using it for the second loft. The other thing that I purchased or paid for during the festival but I asked her to bring is by a lady called Emily. And what I got from her was the Adventures in Yarn notebook. I already have quite a serious uh, notebook addiction and... Um, I have three that I use for my projects depending on what state they're in and where the project started out. So I have a system for ones that I design and I have a system for um, just general projects that I'm working on. And at the moment my notebook is filling up because I have a kind of finished objects notebook which is stuff that I'm designing and other projects that I'm working on. And what I want to do is split out 
my designs from the things I work on that are other people's designs. And so I have decided that my Adventures in Yarn notebook is going to become my general um, finished object notebook for anything that isn't my own design. Now, I'm not going to go into masses of detail on this because I'm actually going to properly review it and Emmy and Jael, who um, made the bag, also bought one and they're going to help me review it and Beck might help me review it as well. I haven't asked her yet, but I'm sure she'll help. And Jenny the carrot, uh, my best friend, is um, going to help me review it as well. So what I'm hoping is I can pull all of those people together in the same time space and we're going to do a Zoom review on it so you will get to um, hear the review of um, five different people and what they think of this notebook. It was £18 and it comes from popcornandcrocodiles.co.uk. It's a really lovely lady called Emily. That it, This is her brainchild. She's the one that's worked through every element of it, tried and tested it, down to whether it has perforated um, slots on the yarn cards or not. It has got um, hole punch bits for you to put your um, yarn in and then you can even fold it over so that you don't have yarn hanging out of your notebook. This is a really well thought through notebook. But I haven't started using it yet, so I won't review it properly yet. On face value, I really, really love it. It has squared pages, it has line pages, it has gauges in it, it has a colour wheel in it. And actually, the more I look at this, the more I think, I should be using this for my design and flip it out the other way. I'll let you know what I finally decide on um, in the proper review, which I will put out both as video because I can record on Zoom and I, rec I can record and put it out as video and just as audio. So I will give you a proper review of this and pop it up onto Instagram as well. On face value, I already love it and I love the fact that it is printed on FSC paper and it's actually made in Scotland as well. So more on this to follow and also as part of that review Emily gave me one for the podcast. So one of these will be going out as a prize and that will in no way shape or form um, have an impact on the review itself because if I think it's good I'll tell you it's good uh, and so will the other four people and if we think there's something um, that we would have wanted slightly differently or if we've got feedback then we'll pass it into Emily but just because she's given us one for the podcast prize um, that will have absolutely no sway on what and how we review this product. So more coming on that. On my list of things that I was allowing myself to buy at Edinburgh Yarn Festival was a skein of um, the Iona Single Origin yarn. I bought two skeins last year and I should have got the grey. And I should have got the grey this year but I did not go to their stand quickly enough and they had run out by lunchtime on the third day. My own fault, I should have just made a beeline for it and I didn't. So instead what I've picked out is quite a mossy green colour and I tested it against the blue and the yellow that I already have in my stash. 
Um, and the reason I was adding to it is because when I put the blue and yellow together, it just makes me think that I'm looking at the Swedish flag. So I needed another colour just to break it up a little and um, do something else with it. Because otherwise the two skeins I have are just going to sit in my stash and go no further. And so this green will allow me to put it to good use and do some colour work with it. Um, it's a double knit and you can get it from their online shop which is ionacraftshop.com. Uh, I have already worked with this a little bit and I really liked crocheting with it. I haven't knitted with it, I only crocheted with it and it was it was beautiful, beautiful to work with. And it's lovely to see this company having vended their first time at Edinburgh Yarn Festival last year, back there this year, and it's a company that's going from strength to strength and I know a lot of people made a beeline for this wool um, at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, which is, it's just great to see that there's that understanding of proper wool, woolly wool, and the provenance behind it. The one that I did make an absolute beeline for was Hey Mama Wolf. She is a German indie dyer, and she uses natural dyes on her um, on her yarn. And the mix is 80% wool and 20% rami. It's non-superwash, and it's plastic free and it's a mix of merino and cordial for the wool element. I really like cordial as a, as a breed for wool. Um, I've worked with it quite a bit. It's a three ply and it's 300 metres for the 100 grams. The colourway is called Looking for Clues. And when I spoke to the lady behind Hey Mama Wolf, she said that she is um, bringing on somebody else that can dye. So like an apprentice, a dye apprentice. What a nice job. And she let them loose. And this was one of the skeins that they came up with. And I just love it. It's You tend to find that with a lot of the naturally dyed yarns, they're very soft and very subtle. And this has got kind of peachy pinky blossom tones in it. It's got blues from indigo. There's some yellow in there, which I think she said was from um, daffodils. There's just a little bit of every colour in there. It is suitable for socks because of the rami that's in it. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm not sure if I'm going to make socks with this or something that can be up and around my neck. But what I do know is whatever I make, I want to use every single last drop of it up so it might be that I do a pair of toe up socks and and knit right up to the very last bit for the cuff. Watch this space on this one but this is one that I couldn't put down. I left it on the shelf and then I went further into the stall and had a little think about it for about 30 seconds and then came back out and was like no if somebody else picks this up I'll be really gutted if I if I lose it. There was the other one that I had planned, <laughs> I want to make um, a shawl, it's a knitted shawl called Fallen Leaves and it needs 120 grams, so 480 metres of a four ply and there aren't that many stalls that sell 120 gram skeins. There was Martin's Lab who do the shawl kits for Fallen Leaves because they have an association with the designer. And then there was also this one, which is called Cosmic Strings. And they are based in Edinburgh, and they were one of the stands at the show. And 
it's teal which is always one of my go-to colours and I picked this up on the Saturday Now, what I actually did was picked up the mohair that I needed first which came from Easy Knits. I've never bought anything from Easy Knits before, I don't quite know why. I was eyeing their stuff up at Yarn Deal last year, but I was on a yarn ban, so I didn't buy anything. And so this time round, I went and got um, the mohair from John. And it is 72% mohair and 28% silk. It's four ply fingering weight and for 50 grams you get 420 meters which is again what I need for the pattern and what I was meant to be doing was marrying these two up and I think what actually happened is that I just went into a bit of a panic because I had already picked up the mohair and I had to get something that had 120 grams um, so I could get the 480 metres and what I did was bought the teal to go with some of the mohair which is very bright purpley pinks and I bought it in a bit of a panic and I shouldn't have done and I knew in my heart of hearts that the mohair that I'd chosen did not go with the, um, the merino silk mix that I bought and I thought I tell you what, I've got some, I'll have something in my stash at home that I can work with instead. The upshot is, I don't want to use the mohair that I got from Easy Knits from my Fallen Leaves shawl. And what I did was went, when I got home I went to um, Becky at River Knits and she had done some snow dyeing and I picked up a skein of mohair that she had snow dyed and it's got all of the colours I need that go very very nicely with the cosmic strings so I now have a match made in heaven with my cosmic strings Pisces and my river knits snow dye yarn which is called there's no business like snow business so I now have a fallen leaves kit ready to go and um, the other mohair if I really like the pattern I will match this up with something else that's already in my stash and I will make myself a second fallen leaves because I really fell in love with the pattern the moment I saw it. So yes, this one came post um, Edinburgh, the, the snow dyed one from Becky and Marcus at River Knits, but it's allowed me to make good use of my cosmic strings or at least it will allow me to make good use of my cosmic strings. But total lesson learned for me on that front don't go into a blind panic. If you're going to do that, then for me, it's about not buying it at all until I make sure that I've got the right thing. Um, it's quite hard to find mohair that's hand-dyed. It's not something that you come across that easily. And because I bought one, and I was swayed by the name, it's called Orion, which is my favourite constellation. I should have just been a little more sensible about that one and left it be. I mean, it's turned out well because I got the River Knit stuff, but it's meant that I've spent more money than I needed to, really. Celevi. Um, the other one that I bought was from the Berlin Yarn Company from Seafaring Sheep. And it's produce of um, Hebridean and they are bred on the Isle of Bernary in the Outer Hebrides in Scotland in its lovely muted teal blue colour. I only got 50 grams of this and it's a mix of Hebridean and Cheviot. It's a four ply 
and um, it's really nice. I've already got some of their Peaty Brown, which is, I think, pretty much pure Hebridean. I bought it when I was on the islands last summer. I'm actually using the grey already in a jumper that I'm knitting up. And so I've got one skein of the Peaty Brown, and I thought the Peaty Brown with this teal would make some really beautiful, maybe colour work mittens or a hat, something like that. So I just picked up one 50 gram ball. That was coming via Yuzulda Teague's stand, which is, um, I think it's called The Wool Trader, is her website. Um, I'm not sure if you can buy the Berlin yarn stuff direct. I got mine from a little museum shop on Ediskey, so I wasn't even on Bernary when I bought it. Um, but I'll, I'll put, if I can send you direct to them for supply, then I will let you know. Um, but this does also bring me on to a point that if you are based in America or Canada, there is a really lovely lady called Claire who runs an online shop called The Woolly Thistle. Claire's Scottish, Scottish, <laughs> um, but she lives in America now. And she has got a really nice little business where she imports British and other European yarns she takes care of all of the import and all of the international shipping and then she sells it into the US um, and therefore Canada as well. And the Berlin Yarn Company is one of the yarns that she sells, but she also sells um, blacker, she sells um, used wool. So a lot of the wools and yarns you hear me talk about on this podcast that aren't that easy to access unless you want to pay um, quite high shipping charges you can get at a better rate through Claire at the Woolly Thistle and she's lovely she's really lovely and Claire is about to take stock of all of the John Arbin knit by numbers range in double knitting so in DK and when I say all I mean every single colour and shade there's about 116 of them now something like that and she's about to take stock of every single one of them so if you wanted to get your paws on some John Arbin um, and you're based over the pond the woolly thistle is a good way of you getting your hands on it I know it's not hit the shop yet but I think it's imminent that um, she was talking about it in her latest podcast which I will link you to in a little bit so if you like the look of this and you're based over there, then um, have a look at what Claire's got at the Woolly Thistle. And I clearly have had a very tealy blue theme going on at Edinburgh. A um, couple of other bits I got at Edinburgh. One is some wool from Tanya. It's a light DK and it is in her Dorset horn. And that is going to be part of the wool exploration which I am continuing with. I've now done five of the breeds and this is going to be one of the next breeds that I'm working on in the next quarter. I'm getting ready to start doing some feedback on that one for you. This is Tanya's latest wool. Um, it smells quite sheepy and it's 95 metres per uh, for the 50 grams. And I'm looking forward to trying this out and also one of the things I'm doing is I'll be doing a little bit of work to see how well some of these breeds die under very controlled circumstances so applying exactly the same methodology 
to all of the breeds. And um, I will be feeding back on that as well, but that's probably going to be later on in the year. So there's that little nugget. And then my final two from Edinburgh are going to shock the pants off you because um, I'm surprised I bought them. But they are luminous. Uh, I, I couldn't help myself. Beck bought some and I had eyed them up and then I was just so shocked by the luminosity of the pink and the highlighter yellow that I thought I just I have to have some and somebody um, summed it up very nicely on an Instagram comment that they will add colours to their socks that they wouldn't maybe normally put up at their face or they wouldn't wear outwardly but they will quite happily have tucked away in their socks that little kind of colour um, rebellion goes on in their in their footwear I like that idea. So that's exactly what's going to happen with these two. Bright, bright pink, bright, bright yellow are going to be contrast um, heels, toes and cuffs on some of my socks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these are not colours that I can wear at my face whatsoever. I'm so pale. Uh, I just, there's no way I would wear these anywhere near my person. But... On my feet, not an issue at all. I have a little bit more to show you. One of the people that um, was hoping to get to Edinburgh is Gilly from Fjord Fibres and she couldn't make it in the end, um, which I was quite gutted about because I really wanted to meet her face to face and it, it just couldn't happen. And so what I had done was put in an order with her and um, she was going to bring it to me and at the last minute she couldn't make it and my order arrived the other day so thank you for that Gilly I um, have finally cajoled Matthew into the idea that he wants me to knit him some socks and so I got him to choose some colours from Gilly's um, available yarns that he would want so what he chose was quite a dark sea greeny blue colour which is called Night Storm. And the reason that I wanted to start him off with um, Gilly's Yarn is because it's um, an 80-20 mix of 80% Norwegian wool, 20% polyester. And I don't yet know how hard-wearing Matthew is on his socks, on knitted socks. So I wanted to test with something that I really love and respect and something uh, wool that I know works really well for socks and keeps my feet particularly warm. Um, Matthew is now suffering in the same way that I do because we work from home and that his feet are really quite cold. Now the other thing that Gilly has started doing is doing her sock yarns in 50 gram skeins which means that out of one skein I can get a pair of socks with contrast um, heels and toes That's that allows me to um, really use up an entire skein of 50 grams of her sock yarn so that's perfect for me I don't have nuggets left over that I need to pull into different pairs of socks so um, I've also got a mid green which has got slightly more shading to it which is a pair of socks potentially for Matthew as well but it might be used for contrast and then I also bought from her another couple of 50 gram ones one which is called Cosmic Forces which is a blue base with quite a striking purple in it and some more blues and quite a, a kind of almost mid lilac shade in there too 
Love that. I mean, I could have gone through all the way through her website and bought everything because I just, I love her wool. It's so good for socks and I love her dyeing as well. Um, and the other one that I bought is called, gosh, it's Grello. <laughs> and guess what? Gosh, it's Grello. Um, it's got quite a lot of the natural creamy base to it. And then it has green and yellow. And this one is, I think, going to be contrasts. Because I also bought 100 of Dijon, which, as you can guess, is mustard coloured. So I think the Gossets Grello is going to be my contrast heels and cuffs. And I will get two pairs of socks, if not a little bit more, out of this 150 grams. A pair of socks for me is about 60 grams. So if I'm a little economical with these two, that they should make me three pairs of socks. Uh, yeah, it was a nice little surprise when these turned up. Love them. And again, I don't know what Gilly does to her yarn, but it all smells so nice. Like not, um, it's not perfumed, but it's not really sheepy either. It just smells lovely. And that is everything quite a lot of wool but I as you saw from earlier on I seem to be powering through the wool at nearly five kilos already in three months and um, yeah I've got a lot to get through and I have a lot of fab plans for bits and pieces I want to make I got back from Edinburgh and I was working on loft and I just wanted to start everything I wanted to have all the projects going I was so enthused I was like so inspired by everybody seeing everyone and what they were working on the fab projects that they were on yeah i just want to be crocheting all day long and i can't let's move on to big up um i've got uh three new podcasts vlogcasts for you um there are loads actually there are so many that i need to have a look at and then um let you know about but here are three that I have been watching and listening to and any of the ones that I pass on to you it's because I've actually dipped into them uh, and I know that I can tell you a little bit about the person. So if you are new to podcasting and you've let me know that you've got one, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just kind of trying to um, get through all of the podcasts and vlogcasts so that I can um, let people know about you here. So the first one is Lovely Ali from Little Drops of Wonderful. I can't quite believe that I haven't told you about Ali so far. Um, she's predominantly a crocheter, but she also knits, she dyes, she makes um, project bags, even though she always says that they're dodgy. Um, Ali is lovely and positive and upbeat. And if you ever need a little sprinkle of sunshine, um, Ali is a good place to go. She's based on YouTube and she flaming loves yellow, like... I'm sure if Ali sees all of this yellow, she will want it all. She'll be coming to my house and trying to steal it because um, she's usually got yellow on. She's usually got a yellow mug, yellow yarn, yellow project bag. Everything's about yellow. So I'm going to um, go uh, try Ali out. Really lovely YouTube video podcast for you. The second one that I want to point you towards is... Um, somebody that I met in Edinburgh and her name is Sarah and she has a YouTube podcast called Fibertrek um, and that's spelt the American way so F-I-B-E-R Trek T-R-E-K 
And um, I had heard of Sarah's podcast before, but it wasn't one that I'd managed to get to. And I am now hooked on it, absolutely hooked on it. She lives in Maine and her husband is a ranger and she has a house down on the lake and you can hear all of the birds calling while she's recording her podcast. She's got a couple of dogs. She's an amazing knitter. She loves proper woolly wool. She loves undyed. She has a particular affinity with anything that is grey. And she's got really lovely, elegant taste as well. And very much handmade wardrobe, um, kind of low carbon footprint thinking. One of the things I really love about Sarah's podcast is she is so enthusiastic about what is happening in and around Maine and telling that story of the the fibres that are available, how it's spun, how it's worked. Um, it's really enthusiastic podcasting and I love that. And it's quite varied because she's going out and doing interviews and telling these stories. And I really like the production values that she's got as well. And in her beginning titles, she has a Land Rover Defender, which you could give me all the money in the world and my ultimate car would still be a Landy Defender. That that would be the vehicle that I would have. So I'm really quite jealous about that one. I'd love a Defender. Um... So yeah, you definitely want to go and check out if you're into wool and breeds and just seeing a different side of the story from a different area. I'm very much intrigued by it because her lifestyle is so different um, from mine and seeing the seasons pass through with the lake in the background, it's really wonderful. The other one that I have for you is related to Sarah's Fibre Trek and... Um, she's great friends with Claire who owns the Willie Thistle that I was talking about earlier and Claire also has an audio podcast which is called New Hampshire Knits. It's very much knitting um, but again Claire's really quite breed specific and if you like a Scottish accent and if you like a Scottish, well quasi-Scottish American accent then you will love what Claire has to offer. They seem to be about an hour long and she goes out kind of almost monthly sometimes a little more sometimes a little less and then that's a great one to go at uh, like I say it's audio only and you can get it from her website which is thewoodlythistle.com and I really enjoyed spending some time with Claire and I particularly like it because she uses a lot of the wools that I love she's just started to stock Einrum, which some of you may remember my dad brought me back from Iceland and it is the Icelandic wool mixed with Thai silk. So she's just about to start stocking that. So it's interesting when I look through Claire's shop I'm just like, yep, yeah, got that, got that, got that, got that. We seem to be drawn to the same yarns and wools, which um, is lovely. So that's I've got a whole load of her back catalogue that I can now go at and um, and start listening to, which is helpful. So that's it for Big Up for now. Um, let's move on to J'adore. And here are the things I am currently loving. First up has to be the Crochet Clan. Um, at the risk of sounding overbearingly soppy, uh, <laughs> you guys make doing this podcast 
every inch of worthwhile. It takes a lot to put this podcast out. Let's, you know, let's get the truth of that. It's a massive undertaking to get this out. And I I can't see a point where I'd ever want to stop doing it. And the reason that I wouldn't want that is because so many of you are friends, get in touch, keep it going, are my community, are my tribe. I'm less fond of the word tribe. I, I prefer to think of you all as um, the Crochet Clan. And that I'm going to start hashtagging that um, on Instagram. So... If you want to know what everybody else is up to, then crochet clan and see see what's going on. But it just means an awful lot to me. And I don't always say it at the beginning and end of every podcast. But um, Edinburgh really made it hit home to me that a lot of my friends are from this community now. And uh, it just makes my day a little bit brighter every single day. So thank you for that. Other things I am loving... When I get really busy, I have got one album that I keep on going back to and I'm listening to it pretty much on repeat at the moment and that is Ben Howard's deluxe version of Every Kingdom. It's such a lovely, soothing album. Don't know if you just heard that. That was my stomach whining. And again, apologies if you heard that. Um, Yeah, it's really lovely, chill-out music and... um, yeah, it's it's like a go-to album for me. So if you don't know it and you're up for some nice, relaxing music, Ben Howard's Every Kingdom is a good one. I'm also listening to some um, audiobooks. It's one in particular, but it's a massive series called The Baroque Cycle, and it's by Neil Stevenson. I've actually listened to it all before, and it was about five years ago, but I'm I need some recommendations and in light of not having any, I have gone back to listening to the Baroque Cycle. So if you need a new audiobook recommendation, um, it's split over three books, and because it is a trilogy, and it's available on Audible, and it's great value for money. You've got hours and hours worth of content there. Um, but if anybody has any recommendations for me, please let me know. The things I particularly love are um, kind of historical dramas, murder mysteries. So the ones that I really love are um, uh, C.J. Sansom and the Shard Lake series. I just love them. Set in the Tudor times and he was a lawyer. Or um, S.J. Paris's um, Giordano Bruno series, which I really love as well. So anything like within that context... If you've got a recommendation, please do pass it on to me because I am in the market for some new audiobooks to listen to. Yeah. Right, I'm signing off. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you, as ever, for coming and watching and listening to me rattle on every month. See you soon. Bye-bye. Go left.
Wished she left it. Tonight's news. Right. Are you ready to rumble? Should I slump? Or not you up a wee bit? We'll just leave you be. Right, come on. Quit farting about. Of the world and um, if you're not and it started to get chillier shut up just shut up absolute nonsense had bought some. The thing I need to start again with today 